Real good. Drill good. Drill good. Real 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 good. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of America's Best Worst Canadian Sports Podcast. That's right, Real Good Show is back at it for another week. It is episode number 151, and the anniversary tour continues. We are just seeing a slew of fan-favorite guests to celebrate three years of Real Good Show. We'll get to that in just a moment. I'm Justin Morrison, of course, and with me once again, as always, is... Stefan Heck, and it's 151 Malibu pineapple juice and rum. Is that how it goes? I I guess so. Yeah, uh, that's a song, right? Yeah. Did I did I get all all four of the ingredients? Is what's sure. the, what does that make? What's the drink? I think it makes someone come. I think is the next line. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds right. Do you have caribou? In I mean, it does. It does. Oh, carib- Yeah, caribou. Yeah, caribou. <laughs> <laughs> Our guest Jackson today. obviously knows it. Well, I don't even get to say my oh, name. I, I forgot. I hadn't <laughs> done that Jesus Christ, John Cullen, and uh, episode one fifty one, which you know what that means. I'm getting fucking drunk. Yeah, proof. Yeah. I'm one fifty one. Proof is in the pudding. I'm hammered on polar sparkling water. Uh, great bit. Love it. Thank I you. I it agree. Never stops. It is going to be a bit. And uh, I'm going to keep doing it because I love it. <laughs> Our guest today is, as said, I said earlier, uh, one of the most beloved uh, guests we've ever had. I think this is your fifth appearance on the program. Yeah, I think uh, third or fourth for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's Jackson Playfair, the funniest hockey player we know. Maybe the funniest hockey player on earth. It's possible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Untested, you, unproven, you. but I'm willing to put it out there. Yeah, I'll take the claim. If it, no one's going to back it, I'll take it. For and sure. it's fitting that we have uh, a hockey player, and I think I've slated you as our, our Austin Matthews insider in the past, uh, because this is probably going to be a very hockey-heavy episode. If you're looking for comedy, uh, you can circle back to last week's episode, probably. Though there yeah, are, we're not going to be funny. We're too. not going to yeah. say anything oh, funny. Short. No yeah. funniness this time. Sorry, I take back my joke about getting drunk, which was very funny off the top. <laughs> Everyone forget I even said that. Sorry, I yeah. didn't realize we were doing a serious I, I hockey mean, talk episode. There's uh, there's a lot of misery to be had on the uh, Stefan and Justin side of this equation. I think uh, over yeah. the last week, so yeah. that'll probably be funny. But I don't think there's anything funny about. Your uh, your mood at the moment, John. Uh, there were people on Sunday calling for us to do like an emergency podcast right then and there Sunday morning because they wanted to know like right in the moment how just over the moon you were. Well, I would have loved to do an episode, but I was too busy at jacking off. <laughs> uh, Come on, I that's no excuse. Oh, and 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 you should know, having done many episodes with me, that's true. So. Uh, the 151 song, by the way, you're right. It is called Caribou Lou. There it which, is. Yes, uh, by, yes. By Tech, yes. N- by Tech Nine. And it says, uh, yeah, 151 rum, pineapple juice, and Malibu. Caribou, get them all numb. Make baby girl come out yeah. of her shell and raise hell. Don't stop right. till the cops come. So there's kind of like a space between come and out. Oh, so you, so think the, he, uh, you think he's talking about like an orgasm. The yeah, cops are going to come too. A good trick. Yeah, it's just a little bit. I don't know, because if yeah, if I was with a girl and she started doing stuff that made me have to call the cops, I would not be having fun anymore. Yeah, I feel like he's no. trying to say like, hey, this would be fun. 
but I don't think it would be. And is Caribou Lou like something that's not that Caribou beer? It can't be the no, caribou, beer. That caribou beer. It is just a miserable combination of alcohol. I think that's yeah. the name of the drink. Oh, okay. Uh, that the makes drink sense. is called a caribou loo or just a caribou? caribou? I think it's caribou loo. Caribou beer is uh, is a regional thing. That's definitely BC only. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's from Prince George. Oh, yeah, throw some caribou in there with it's, some 151. Oh, yeah, I can't that, think of a worse. That is the recipe. It is an actual, it is an actual drink. Wow. Caribou Lou. Oh, no, but apparently Tech 9 invented it because it says it's attributed to the rapper Tech 9. It's a fruity drink with a strong kick from 151 proof rum. All so, right. Yeah. Anyway, guys, listen, uh, as far as John Tavares goes, I mean, He's, uh... it was uh, it was a pretty hot. It was a pretty hot Sunday morning for me. And would you uh, describe your mood on Sunday as a fruity drink with a strong kick? Yes, well? I agree. I was. Uh, yes, I was drunk and um, kicking it. I don't know. Yeah, it was fucking awesome, man. <laughs> I, I'm okay. I've been a Leafs fan for a long time. Yeah, and it's been a lot, a lot of misery in my life. Yeah, and now uh, it's like nonstop. Like, and this kind of thing, it's like so. Obviously, all year there was speculation that the Maple Leafs might be one of those times uh, where, um, you know, where we might get a guy. And that never happens to us. And so all year I was tempering my expectations. Like, no, nah, we're not going to get him. We're not going to get him. He's going back to the Islanders. We're not going to get him. And uh, because, it's, yeah. you know, everybody always says every year, it's like every, if there's the possibility of any free agent hitting the market, it's like, well, he's definitely going to want to go to Toronto. Always. Or especially but the guys from Ontario. Like, even when Toronto sucked, people were saying that. Yeah. It's like that's all we've heard for an eternity. So I definitely understand you not believing that at all. Yeah. Be- you, even Stamkos was like two years ago, wasn't he? Three years ago? Two years. And, yeah. two, even yeah. get- and the Leafs like blew it. Yeah. He didn't even get the free agency, I don't think. No, like he, he signed didn't. before. He, he resigned the before day July before, 4th. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, he- that was the day the, of the Subban uh, Weber trade and the uh, Tavares. Or not, sorry, no, the Hall Carl, uh, for Hall Carlson. Trade. Yeah. Well, because that was the thing, too, is like people were saying, like, oh, Stamkos, he's doing it. He's coming home. This is happening. And then uh, and then they blew the performance. They, they, they got a presentation with Stammer, and they blew it so bad that uh, he just was like, nah, I'm going back to Tampa Bay. <laughs> it was that bad because he was like, he didn't want to be sold on Toronto. Like, Toronto brought in the head of Canadian Tire. To Are be you like, serious? Yeah, that was the, apparently the main reason why it failed is because... They were they going to pay him in the Canadian entire dollars? Or? Yes, exactly. That's Strict what they were trying to negotiate. And I think what it was is they were saying, like, if you come to Toronto, Canadian Tire is prepared to offer you, like, this massive sponsorship, like, endorsement deal. And then he was like, well, I don't – why is this guy even here? He's not, he's not on the team. Like, this is very confusing. So, yeah. uh, when you say the head of Canadian Tire, I really hope it was the guy who's in all the commercials being like, I just got this new thing from Canadian Tire, even though I know he's not the president of the company. No, it's the it's the hand drawn old man that's on all the Canadian Tire <laughs> yeah. money. That's he's like a Canadian Tire's version of Colonel Sanders. They walked in with a whole suitcase of just Canadian Tire bills and slid it across to him and opened it out, and they're like, "That's ten bucks. Yeah. You want that?" He's like, "No, thank you. No." But also, like going back to Tampa, I, I can barely make PowerPoint happen. I would imagine Lou Lamorello. Uh, would be hopeless on that front. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, because I guess Lou would have been the one that was making the pitch to Stamkos, I guess. 
Uh, yeah, at that I time, so, I would yeah. think, probably. Yeah. So, first year. they really bombed it. But, you know, again, uh, and Tavares even mentioned it, it was like, I, I just think that, uh, you know, I think that, pardon me, that not getting Stamkos basically set the table for mm-hmm. the rest for of sure. the, for the rest of what's happened. So, sure. and Stamkos, you know, he's fine. Well, they, they were saying that Dubas's uh, presentation so, like, blew s- them away. I'm sorry, who? Kyle, isn't it Kyle Dubas? 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 Is it just Dubas or Dubas? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I like Dubas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it sounds better. By the way, Columbia just tied the game in like the 94th minute. Yeah, I know they did. I've got it on, but it's in the other room. Fuck. My Facebook chat's blowing up. I'm fine. I got England in penalties here, so I'm really hoping that that's Oh, good. yeah. They so, never like choked that away before. What what a no. bar to set, set out your first couple months as a GM, though. You're like a young kid coming in hot, and you go out and sign easily the biggest free agent that's been out in the past couple of years. I mean... In a de- like no one's left their team at the height of their powers since Scott Niedermeyer. I mean, literally. No, it seems like Chara, I would say, right? Was well, Chara was it- after Niedermeyer? Uh, yeah, but yes. But I'd say this know. is the biggest signing since Chara. I feel like God, Chara I- wasn't even as good in no, Ottawa dude. as he wasn't as he went on to be. Yeah, Chara became Boston. a lot better. He did, but he was still really good. Oh, Ottawa. for sure, yeah. for sure. And he wanted to go back to Ottawa, and Ottawa didn't even offer him a contract. That, and yeah, chose Wade Redden. That's Which is still so like funny. One of the biggest blunders ever. <laughs> yeah, like Ottawa is, stinks. Like, Char's winning the Norris, and Wade Redden is in the minors. Making like $3 million playing in the A right now. Oh, like bus. six? Making yeah. 6.25, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty right. sure. There's no way that guy wasn't the most hated guy on his team, and every other guy is like scraping by to get by paying rent this guy's making six million playing in the a going not going for, on the road going out for team dinners and <laughs> yeah. everybody's just like staring at him when the guy comes. and he's always the guy who's like so credit card roulette tonight boys <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who's playing let's yeah. go <laughs> get your cards in the hat come on boys uh oh totally it's so crazy like uh, well, because he was kind of the first guy that got that treatment, right? Yeah. So it would have been like, I feel like a few more guys got it after that. Maybe there was like a template set, but he was kind of like the first guy that that got that. I mean, Jay Beagle will probably be getting it at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you would assume so. Well, yeah. they can't buy him out is the thing. The yeah. way they set up the contract, because it's all it's like so many bonuses. Yeah, it's all they, signing bonuses. It's, yeah. you, can't buy, you can buy him out, but you're going to be paying basically the same cap hit. So why buy him out? Yeah, yeah, but they could bury him in the AHL, I guess. So then God. goes not only oh JB goes an incredible story winning at the levels he has, but that contract like that guy's got the best agent in the history of agents. I mean, yeah. to get his yeah. whole contract in signing bonuses, knowing that after a year they might be like, yeah, we need to buy this guy out. It's like it's genius. It's it's yeah. so yeah because he's the only guy to win ECHL, AHL, and the Stanley Cup. Yeah. That's right. Uh, he's, he's a, a winner. It's a great story. Just a winner nothing, wherever he nothing goes. Nothing against the guy. I'm, he's going to be a great teammate, great in the community, I'm sure. But like, he's just not worth that much money. <laughs> and for four years? Yeah. He's, he's going to be wow. 37 by the time the deal is over. And there's no way a fourth-line guy is still worth anything. Never mind. Like, he's probably not even going to be worth... An NHL like minimum salary, never well, mind. Well, he's not worth like the, three million dollars. I mean, the idea of giving someone that's older term like that is that you pay you pay more in the back end for the performance in the front end. But yeah. he's not even worth three million this year. Yeah. So well, it and also make any with sense. the term, you think they could get him down to like two million mm-hmm. for a term like that? And also, there's a a no like a limited no trade clause. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Like when you give a no trade clause, you're supposed to get like. 
less AAV or less term or yeah. something. Like the but fa- he, he got all three of those things. Him and Roussel both got term, money, and a no trade. Like, the fact that you get all three is just, like, this is... This is like a new low for Jim Benning as a negotiator. <laughs> and you said it, Jackson, that like Beagle has to have like the greatest agent in history. It's incredible. There are conflicting reports right now, though. Jason Botchford in the province, of course, uh, our friend who was on the show last month, uh, has basically said that the Canucks were bidding against themselves. Uh, I know that you know Jason has told me that there was a team that offered Jay Beagle one year at $1 million. So if... There were 10 teams in on him, then maybe there were seven other teams who were all willing to go high and willing to go term. But, like, that was what one GM, anyways, thought his market value was. So I think this is, like, one of the first times where uh, we've really seen this, like, negotiating window really, like, work against a team and that they have made it very, very clear what they want. Because Rick Dollywall has said that, oh, like, what... Jason said is is false. There were a bunch of teams in on it, and that's what drove the price up. But, like, Dollywall also seemed like it was a done deal on Friday. He had the terms, he had the length, and it seemed, like, reasonably manageable. Yeah, wasn't it, like, three times It was only three five? years. It was so. three years at 2.5. Yeah. And then... Which is still bad, but... It's not. And he, and he was like, done deal. And then he came back later and was like, oh, there's more teams jumping in. The price is going up. I, I don't know that it was. I think that, yeah, like. Yeah, who are these teams? <laughs> Give me names. If you're Beagle's agent, maybe you just come back to Jim Benning and are like, let's see how fucking high this guy will go. Because clearly he wants this player. He's made no secret. Like, I feel like if you just made an offer to somebody. Okay. Under the old system, it was supposed to be that. Nobody talked to anybody before July 1st, and as soon as noon hit on July 1st, you send out your offer, and someone will accept an offer that they think is the best. Obviously, that's bullshit. Like, we had Brian Burke on the radio a couple weeks ago who said, there was never any tampering, nobody ever spoke to me. That is insane. That's a bald-faced lie. Well, even this year, Lou Lamorello met with Tavares while he was still technically employed by the Leafs, but met with Tavares on behalf of the Islanders. And then the NHL was like, no, there's no tampering. There's fine. fine. Whatever. The traditionalists just don't want to believe that it happens. They're like, no, no, the game is still good. Like, remember when Vancouver signed Ryan Miller? We knew that that was going to happen. We knew the yeah. exact terms of the contract even, like three weeks before free agency opened. So how is that possible if, oh, teams wouldn't risk tampering? It never happened. Never. But, but with this window, like at least under that system, theoretically, you're thinking offers go out, a guy gets five offers at once, and he makes a decision within kind of 45 minutes because teams need to know, otherwise they're going to move on to plan B. In this system... Jim Benning can be like, I got my guy. And then the guy can be like, eh, he really wants you. Let's see. Let's see. What if we tell him there's three more teams in the mix here? What's he going to do then? He's not going to call anyone. He's not going to call around to find out. He's just going to believe it. Yeah, because that's all you have to do, right? Like if they say, okay, we got three teams in, Benning goes, okay, well, I'm not giving him four by three unless you tell me which what the other teams yeah. are. <laughs> and then they go, uh, okay. The Islanders. Then, presumably, you call Lou and you go, really? Really? You're, are you going 4-3 for Beagle? And he's like, no, are you fucking mental? <laughs> I'm giving 4-3 to Leo Komarov. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm fucking busy over here. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. That's the only other franchise that had an even worse week than the Canucks. I yeah, they, they definitely, and they traded for Mar- uh, Matt Martin. Today yeah, they, tra- well. they traded for Matt Martin. <laughs> they signed Leo Komarov to a four year, $12 million deal as well, which is awful. Komarov yeah. sucks ass. The thing is, I wouldn't have minded if the Canucks had made the Martin trade. Uh, if it was like, if they did Martin, Roussel, and, and Schaller, I think I'd be okay with that. Yeah. It's the Beagle deal is just so egregious. Like the Roussel one, at least he's, you know, he's 28 and he's fun to watch. Yeah. And, and I think he'll be decent for at least two years of it. And Schaller, I think, was a, g- a really good signing from everything I've heard about him. Um, but, like, you're just pushing. There's no room for the young guys now, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they, they just they have to be making some sort of trade because, uh, uh, yeah, Justin, John, and I were, like, listing all of the players they have. And there's a lot of, like, AHL tweeners and stuff. But, like, they're, they're just running out of space. They have no space for all the forwards they have right now. Well, and I was thinking like, uh, or sorry, I was reading that like someone was talking about, it might've been Jason bro was writing in the athletic broth. that broth, whatever, who cares? Uh, he's a <laughs> meaningless person. Um, the, uh, the, um, that, that they might start the year with Pedersen in the AHL like they did with Besser last year. Well, Besser, they just out and out scratched, he scratched for the first, him for for the first two. Yeah. That's the other thing too, is, is everyone's like, well, they're going to play the young guys. It's like, when have they ever done that before? When have they ever shown any predilection to scratching veteran players? Like, Schaller's not getting scratched. They just signed him a new contract. Beagle's not getting scratched. He's got a huge contract. Roussel's not getting scratched. Erickson's not getting scratched. Gagne's not getting scratched. Like, even... Like, oh my. Never mind, like, yeah. sitting Brock Besser for the first two games last year. Like, they... The, like, Troy Stetcher two years ago deserved to be on the team out of yeah. camp. And the only reason that he was on it is because they hit injury trouble with Good Branson and had no other choice but to bring him up and leave him on the roster. Yeah. Like uh, they say that, like, oh, we've we've said it in the past and it's still true. If someone proves they belong, we'll make space for them. It's like, well, you haven't really done that. You've yeah. You've Michael Del Auto played like every game last year. You've lucked out in that, like, you've fallen backwards into creating spaces for people because. They've opened up through injury. It's not like you've traded someone away to make room for a kid ever. Though at the same time, they put Vertanen and McCann on the team three years ago when they didn't deserve to be there. And that's so. probably what scared them off from from doing this. Too, yeah, honestly, e- exactly. And that's that's the hard thing that that teams look at it as is if you mess up with one guy, then it gets oh you stunted his development. You brought him in too early, or he shouldn't be here. He shouldn't be there. But it's so tough. I mean, from what I've seen, that that Patterson kid like. If he's ready to step in and play, he's ready to step in and play. And I think, I think, you, I think teams get mixed up thinking that guys they need to wait before they get in there. But everyone's different. Like guys don't necessarily need to go down to the A. It could, it could work backwards for those kids who have need the confidence to be the guy to go out and and play. And I don't know. I think, it, I think you're right. I think it's tough when you when you want to reach out and get bona fide guys who you know can fill your roles at the three, the third line spot, the fourth line spot, whatever that is. Then you plot those guys on a board in July, but they look a lot different in November than they do when you plan it out in the summer. So that's why it's like, yeah, I mean, it's tough for these young kids going in there because, like you said, you're not stupid when you go to camp. You know what's going on. When you walk in, you see that they just went out and signed Roussel, Schallard, uh, Beagle, all these guys. Those spots that maybe that fourth line winger spot where you can put a kid for 40 games and develop them. Now you got to put the guys making $3 million. And I think that that's obviously where it gets frustrating for you guys as a fan base and, and people watching is it's like, 
you want to see kids play. And I, and I think Jay Beagle is a great story. It's an awesome. Hey, good for him. I think, I hope he's out in a lake somewhere having an unbelievable day today, realizing that <laughs> the money that these guys are getting is insane. But I mean, if you look at it, to me, it was insane that Lucic got what he got last summer. You know what I mean? Like these contracts and the way that the free agency is shaking out, it is turning to something Whereas if your free agency lines up in the right summer, there's not enough names and teams need guys. You can get paid and way overpaid, I think. Oh, there's, uh, like, an incredible desperation for center depth. This it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. For sure. It's crazy. Well, like, the Oilers did this exact same thing in, like, 2010, 2011, 2012. Like, you signed, you know, Ben Eager, Hordachuk, uh, Belanger, Boyd Gordon. You bring in Andrew Ference. Marty Reasoner. In- <laughs> Marty Reasoner. Well, he'd been there for yeah, a while. Yeah, I know. But, but Andy Sutton. Like, so they were brought in for the exact same reason, which was to insulate the kids. Uh, and did it work? No, because they're like, I, I think part of it is you're, they're like, oh, well, these players are going to take the hard matchups. But Jay Beagle, I don't necessarily think took the hard matchups last year with Washington because Washington had so much depth. So he wasn't like, he's going to get caved in next year. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> he sucks bad. He's going to get absolutely caved I in. I think what more people are going to start doing <laughs> is they're going to copy the Marley's model from this year, which is insulating your your youth at the AHL level. Exactly. Like yeah. they overpaid a bunch of guys like Colin Greening and Vincent Loverde and um, Chris Mueller, like all these like quad A, like AHL veterans. Yeah. And they said to Colin Greening, like, look, you're never going to make the Leafs. Never going to happen. Doesn't matter how many injuries we get. You're never getting called up, but we're going to give you 400 grand more than another AHL team would. And then he goes like, that's okay, smart. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Utica, that. I think Utica will be good next year because Gauntz will probably be on the team if he gets through waivers. No, he's probably going to get traded, man. I'm, I'm worried that Brendan Gauntz is going to be like our Kyle Brodziak. Where the Oilers were like, we need to sign all these third and fourth line guys because the ones we have are trash. <laughs> and like, Kyle Brodziak is still in the league. He's a very yeah. good player. And speaking of which, he just signed with Edmonton for like one or two years for very cheap. And oh like, God. is a better player than Jay Beagle. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and then it's right. I think, like you said, the Marlies, the AHL level, just the practicality of it makes sense too. And, and in the A, when you can put those younger guys with the, the kids in the AHL, you're on the road for a long time. You're, you're with these guys all the time. So if you're a young kid coming out of juniors, hanging out with these guys in the AHL, you are personally with them more than when you're playing with them in the NHL. Like Patrick Lane is playing video games every second. He's not at the rink. So, if the guys in Winnipeg want to show him how those guys did it when they were growing up, it's different than what the kids are doing nowadays. And it's different in those aspects that you want to insulate them around the rink. And and I think everyone understands that, but I think why the concept of it working in the AHL works way better than once you get to the league where, I mean, when you get to the NHL, it doesn't matter where you're at. It's perform. It's go out and do your job, what you're supposed to do. And, and they cycle guys in and out that don't do that. But exactly in the AHL, those are when those, those older guys can actually have an influence on the kids where, when you get to the NHL, if you're a 19-year-old kid who's playing in the NHL, there's no way you're hanging out with a 33-year-old on your team or the 34-year-old on your team. They're just they're in different areas, and they're they're not. And I think that for personally, when I look at it, that's where a lot of teams miss the boat is thinking they can just bring in an older culture, a winning culture, and to an extent, the guys will adapt to that. But I think that that comes from the whole organization more than just bringing in guys that have won and saying show our guys how to do that. It's like. Jay Beagle can't sit there and tell you how he won in the East Coast and then won in the A and won in the NHL. He's like, yeah, it was a wild ride, and now I'm here. And <laughs> I don't know. It's wild. I work hard every single day. But that doesn't make kids just understand 
the game and understand how to be a pro, right? Well, well and Jay Beagle won because Alex Ovechkin and Evgeny Kuznetsov exactly. are on his team. Yeah, I mean, you can't exactly. be like, you can't explain uh, what playing with Ovechkin was like. Like, Literally. how'd you win? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Ovechkin was on my <laughs> team. Listen, uh, kid, just remember what I told you. Pass it to Ovechkin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stay on the bench and stay out of his way. You'll be yeah. good. Quinn Hughes is just looking around the ice on the Canucks. Which one of these guys is Ovechkin? <laughs> yeah. um, here's, the key, here's the key guy. You just got to play with the greatest left wing of all time. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, like, Corey Hirsch was on Twitter being like, look, I don't make the rules. Guys who win the cup have leadership value and they get paid for it. It's like, well, if they lost the series then... Then, yeah, he's got nothing. Then, yeah. yeah. Then and that's did, exa- someone replied to him and was like, I think uh, from Black, Red, Yellow podcast. They yeah. were like, so like if the Canucks had won in 2011, Victor Oreskovich would have been worth $2 million more. And, Cor- and Corey Hirsch was literally like, yeah, that's how it was. Yeah. So I couldn't that's tell awesome. necessarily. And it's he's right in a way in that like that is how it works. It's, it's dumb and it shouldn't work that way, but that is how it works. But I couldn't tell if he believed it should work that way mm-hmm. or if, if he was just like that's just how the league works yeah i think yeah. he was just like reporting on that he did almost. say like just kind of being like well uh, that i'm not an nhl gm yeah. but there are a lot of nhl <laughs> gms that would pay him that money. I, don't, I don't make the rules but like does winning the cup this year did that just give jay beagle like at least 10 million dollars just flat out Apparently, solely, yeah, yeah, pretty much off of winning the cup. Yeah. It's crazy. Free agent at the right. T- like, okay, here's yeah. a, here's a great hypothetical. Imagine if Tom Wilson was a free agent this year, or like imagine what if Devontae Smith Pelly yeah. decided not to go back to Washington. Yeah, I don't know that he would have got a whole lot because you could say like, well, he was like literally a healthy scratch most of the, the year. But did seven seven goals in the playoffs that would absolutely trick a, that would trick like t- oh. For sure. One third of the NHL GM. He would have got term and he would have got some money. Like, I'm not saying that he wouldn't have got that. Like, I just don't know that it would have been Beagle sized. Yeah. But yeah, you look at a guy like Tom Wilson, where where he's a a quote unquote intangibles guy, no matter how well the team does. And pardon me. And then the team wins the Stanley Cup. Yeah. He'd have got five mil. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, he could have got like a $30 million deal over. He fucking stinks and he's suspended every fucking minute. (laughs) I mean, if he's got Jay Beagle's agent, he's probably getting Lucic money. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Six by six. Well, here's the thing with Dollywall denying the Botchford report and being like, no, there were a bunch of teams in on it. Like, he's getting that info from the agent, right? So he doesn't realize, or maybe he does and doesn't care, that he's. A tool. And I don't mean that in like the insult sense, but he is being used by both sides. The GMs are feeding him things and the agents are feeding him things so that they can communicate and take shots at each other totally. through yeah. the media, through I mean, him, basically. I'm sure he's, he knows that, I'm sure. He, he absolutely knows that. But yeah. he's, I mean, he's a great follow. Uh, he, he's breaking all the news. He's on the phone with agents all the time. He definitely knows. Oh, that. I work with him every morning. Yeah. And he's, well, we're, we have a very adversarial relationship, but in a fun way. He's great. I don't, I'm not slagging him in any way. I he love is. the guy. Uh, that's, I'm going to quote tweet you today. At Sportsnet650, Justin, at Justin Morris, I do not get along. I have an adversarial I mean, relationship I mean, I, with I Rick I am Dollywall. at war with Rick Dollywall on a daily basis if you listen to the starting lineup. But it's for it's for show. It's like how you and I are at war with sure, each other. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, um, yeah, like that. Uh, so it's not for show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like that for show. But I, it's also weird because the other defense is like, look. 
guys don't want to come here. So the only way you can entice them is to give them extra money and extra length. It's like, well, the, how does it make sense for a player to look at it and be like, I especially do not want to go to Vancouver, but if I am, I'm going to go there forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, yeah, it's like, it, it's like if you're trying to woo a lady. It's easier to get her if you have extra money and extra length. <laughs> I just keep getting that picture of the meme with the two Spider-Mans pointing at each other of just Jim Benning just being like, are you giving them that much? <laughs> are, are you guys? Cause I don't know what's going on. So like uh, through all this, Jackson, what was your agent up to? I feel like you right? could have easily got in uh, on a Canucks deal this year. I know, man. He was sleeping. Big year for Dalhousie. Yeah, I had like four goals were in my contract. <laughs> <laughs> we were swept in the first round. I mean, That's intangibles, baby. I know, seriously. That's my favorite intangibles. Like, literally, it means the shit you cannot measure. And it's <laughs> like, you know what we should build our, uh, you know, $750 million franchise on? How about the stuff that uh, nobody understands and there's no, there's literally no way to tell how much this person has of it. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. No criteria. I mean, I think that's oh cool as hell. I uh, do like Roussel, though. And I feel like if the Canucks, like you said, Stefan, if they just signed Roussel and Schaller only. I think Schaller's going to be a fan favorite from everything I've people heard. People would probably yeah. be totally fine with it. Where does the Tim Schaller come from to start with? Boston. Boston. Yeah, but uh, he was Buffalo drafted by that. Buffalo, I think. Yeah. He's a school he's like, guy. He's like though, 27 right? years old. I'm, yeah. pretty, I'm pretty sure he's like. He his, well, his, his Twitter is like Dr. Schaller. Yeah. So I don't know yeah. if he actually like went to school and got like. A degree or not, but I had well, never even heard this guy, and all of a sudden he threw up like three hat tricks in a row with Boston well, this year. We were talking about uh, decals and fatheads earlier too, like before we started recording. And I think if you go to his website, you can buy custom Tim Schaller fatheads. Yeah, you really? can. It's so hot. I love this. Guy. Yeah, maybe we need one of those for the studio. <laughs> he has a link in his Twitter bio. It's insane. Yeah, he went to Providence College. Oh, okay. So I guess maybe we well, can... I feel like maybe it's maybe just then. a pun because maybe he pronounces his last name Scholler. So it's like oh. Dr. Scholler. Oh, maybe. That yeah, makes yeah. Sense. That makes like, sense. I'm going to run with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, but yeah, put that That's on your starting lineup. <laughs> Speaking of NHL guys with Twitter, though, what and what's your opinion, at least I'll start with, on guys who get traded or signed with a new team and immediately make that team their Twitter, like, like logo pick, like the their profile picture. Like Matt Calvert uh, went to Colorado yesterday, yeah, and then instantly makes his Twitter like pick a picture of like the Colorado Avalanche, and I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know. To me, that's like not an NHL thing to do. Like if you're in the it's, NHL, it seems kind of thirsty to me, right? Know? It's just like yeah. I immediately like, hey, now I'm with them. It's like, yeah, but you're also a grown man with your own Twitter. Don't necessarily like you're not a fan of the team. You play for the yeah. team. <laughs> I feel like that was like Taylor Hall correcting uh, Nico Heischer last year when like. Uh, it was like halfway through the season and he sure already had like 15 goals or something. And his, uh, his Twitter bio said like hockey prospect or something <laughs> like that. And then Taylor Hall took a screen cap of it and circled the word prospect. And he's like, you got 15 goals at Nico. He sure like pretty sure you can change <laughs> you're prospect. Like you're, you're, you're making this happen. But yeah, I agree. I think it's a weak, I get a weak ass move. It's like, uh, Again, I hate to take it back to relationships, but it's like that whole thing. You know, you br if you broke up with your ex and then the very next day you post a picture like, I, I play with her now. Literally. <laughs> people are like, Literally. people would be like, oh, that's, that's gross. Like, wait a little bit. Yeah. Like, give it some time to settle, you know? Honestly. But yeah. The thing I've, so the thing I've heard the signing compared, like the Beagle signing specifically, is people are like, well, it's like the Malhotra signing. But there's two major differences is that Malhotra was like insanely good defensively. And younger. 
and, and, and younger. Uh, and also the Canucks were good. So you can make those kinds, like if the Canucks were good and they signed this deal, it'd be like, well, it's not a good deal, but the team is good. And you can go around looking for those types of, like, it's like if you were building a house from the ground up and, uh, oh, you so you're with, looking you, for some foundational players maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is he thinks, yeah. So that, that is one issue, but it's, it's like if you were building a house and you started with like the weather vane. Like, this yeah. is really going to top things off. Well, you need, like, a roof first. Yeah. And, like, a as long as your flooring's solid, your curtains can be shit. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter, but <laughs> let's figure out the basics. Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, uh, the uh, I, I, I agree that Malhotra, or Jay Beagle, was a great weather vane signing. A real north-south player, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, it seems like the, the number one defense of the signings, too, against fans that are mad about it is, like, well, it's not your money, so what do you <laughs> even care? God. As if <laughs> there's no such thing as opportunity cost. Like, that's $6 million if you include Schaller, $7.9 million that you just tied up in fourth-line guys. Like, okay, so maybe you just do nothing right now, okay? But then in two years, when this core is actually going somewhere and is trending in the right direction, and you've got a Pedersen and a Horvat and a Besser and uh, Hughes and whoever they might draft uh, going forward on top of that, all forming the basis of this new group that's going to potentially win something, you have $8 million that you didn't just spend on fourth liners to go out and add a significant scoring piece to a team that could actually use that. Like... That, that's the thing is that, so these it's with the four-year deals too they they expire after Pedersen's deal expires and if they sign Hughes this year after Hughes ELC expires and ideally you want those guys to do great and I think they will do great but they're gonna get fucking paid mm-hmm. well it's yeah. like the same thing that like because people could say yeah like you said that oh it's like not a big deal like whatever they have lots of cap space right now but <laughs> it's, it's the same thing are you thing. Francesco Equilini? didn't yeah. think so yeah. not your no, money if, bud if I yeah. was I would I would fire everyone <laughs> yeah. I uh but it's the same thing the Leafs just went through with Matt Martin I mean so two years ago they signed Matt Martin to a four year deal for 2.5 million dollars a year mm-hmm. and a lot of people said that a lot of people idiots were like oh that's a good signing you know he brings a lot of grit they need a good fourth line guy he can hit guys he's a good guy in the room blah 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 you know and and smart fans were like well yeah okay fine right now yeah we do need kind of a grit guy we've got a lot of young players whatever no problem bring him up mike babcock likes him why do you have to give him four years that was the main thing and now look what happened to the leafs two years later they got rid of Matt Martin because they're, and that's only 2.5 million. That's not, that's not 8 million. Like, and the, and that became a thing of like, well, if we could get Martin off the roster, that'd be nice to clear some space. It only took two years before the team got too good where that's exactly the type of player that you're looking to get out of your lineup. And you're going to have two or three of those guys potentially. Yeah. 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 It's tough to clear that, especially like you said, when it's four years and then those kids are coming off and, I mean, if one of those kids has has a big year, two big years, then they don't want a bridge contract. They want something long term yep. and big. And yeah, I think it's it, it puts you in a tough position down the road, especially when I mean, I'm not as as up to date on the Canucks everyone else, but I couldn't even off the top of my head tell you who their big money guys would be right now. Like like who Besser. Yeah, I mean, you got maybe Patterson if he's really good. They've got Horvat signed. 
six years. So Hughes could get a lot of money if if he pans out, but that's basically and Demko potentially. Oh yeah, but they haven't played a game yet. No, yeah. exactly. Well, so Demko's who knows? Played so a couple, but yeah. One. Now. Jackson, you're you are obviously known as our Austin Matthews insider, but I think you have even more some more inside info that I would like to get out of you. You're our also our Jim Playfair insider. Ooh. Oh yeah. What's going on with Big J? Man. I know he took last year off. He was yeah. the coach for Arizona. Or assist, associate coach associate for Arizona. Coach, yeah. Let go or he left or whatever. You know what? It doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I prefer to say he left on his own terms. And uh What's going on with Big J? You know what? Um, yeah, he's uh, he's doing good. He is um, unvoluntarily retired, so he didn't <laughs> he didn't necessarily choose it himself. But no, he's doing well. He's um, they have a place down in Arizona, so they spent time down there this year. And I think he he had a couple of interviews to go to a couple of different spots and look into some stuff. But I think for where he's at, he kind of has an idea of where he wants to to move next into his. Um, his own path of career. And I think that the situation he's in right now, he's not in uh he's not in a need to jump into anything. So I right. think he, he wants to find out where he can step in and make a big impact. And, and I think he's, uh, I think as he gets older, he, he, he wants to eventually become probably go back to being a head coach, but I think he's, I think he's learning and every day kind of like reassuring the, the fact that he's a defensive coach who wants to focus on that and focus on the penalty kill and focus on being, um specialty at these different these different things so i think for him it's good it's kind of a weird spot with hockey where nine out of ten times when you get fired or cut from hockey it's an instant panic and everyone's trying to figure out where you can go and go wherever you need to to get a job and this and that but because of the situation he was in where they had re-signed all the coaches and then they got new ownership so they decided to clear everybody out but He's lucky enough that he's not in any sort of panic right now, but I think he's uh I think he wouldn't want to sit out much more than 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 this a upcoming year. year yeah. yeah, I think after that he uh he'd want to get back at it. But. Well, you know uh you know who has a, a bad PK and a player from Arizona that uh that needs might need some help. That's I've been telling him. That's the like, Toronto Maple Leafs. DJ Smith, bum, get him out of there. He's the PK for the Leafs this year. Sucks shit. And uh, their D obviously sucked shit. Let's get Jimmy P in there. Hey, listen, yeah, just just have Austin suggest it. something yeah. to to Dubis. Yeah, apparently, yeah. Well, like they're the same age, so I mean, they probably are hanging out together and doing stuff. But hey, yeah. what what if he coached us? Yeah, what if we had a podcast coach, Ooh, I think he'd love it. That's a great Absolutely. idea. I mean, he's pretty hard though. He's hard on his players. So no, we need that. Can you guys though, take yeah. it? Yeah. Do, you have, do you have thick skin in the room? Yeah, if we yeah. get the best yeah. out of me, there I'm we willing, go. I'm willing to uh, endure that. Yeah, that would actually be good. Yeah, let's get Jimmy on here and tell us what's wrong with all of our shit. We got a lot of problems. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but yeah, no, that's my that's my pick. I want him to go to the Leafs. I want oh, him to I'd like just I'd throw all of our mic stands out of the studio. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. exactly. Break some shit for Rip the suit jacket off. Throw the mic stands out, just fucking loses shit. Yeah. All right, so I don't know if you can say anything, but you are Austin Matthews insider. <laughs> we know how John felt uh-huh. when Tavares signed on Sunday. <sighs> Have you talked to Austin about uh, how he feels about all of that? I haven't had a chance to talk to him personally since uh, since it happened, but talking to him a bit before, I mean, it's. It, I mean, I think he's as excited as any fan would be. But he just realized that it's like it's going to benefit him directly so much. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, what I mean, I think that, of course, speculating here, I don't want to put words into his mouth, but I mean, it opens up the ability for for him to really. Now it's like before they're worried that maybe 
who's going to shut down for them. I mean, if he's going to be the guy who's going to score goals against your third lines, who's going to go out there and shut down where, I mean, now you look at their lineup and before they had, all, like you said, five years ago, they had a laundry list of things they needed to plug. And now you look at it and it's like, I mean, who cares who you put on either one of those wings? And I, if I say that like kind of half jokingly, but half seriously, you look at some of the clips that come out of John Tavares from the year before and, He's playing with like Lee and I mean Casey Sezikis in New York, and each of those guys are having sixty points a year. Like, I think just and having... Casey Sezikis did murder. Yeah, and people just don't even care about that. There's like whatever. It's fucking bullshit. Tavares took. Well, a also, murderer. they don't even need like a fourth line Tavares. center. He dragged a murderer to fifty points. Because like they don't. I, I think it was uh, our friend Jeffler uh, did uh, kind of did the numbers, and like you can have you know Matthews and Tavares playing like twenty plus minutes a game. Kadri gets the rest of it. You don't need a fourth line center. Oh no, no. It, was two, it was our friend Ryan Lambert, and he yeah. was like, "Just dre- dress a seventh D. You don't need a fourth line center." I 100 percent would support that idea, and I know it sounds crazy to people, but exactly. Ultimately, a lot of the time, your fourth line and in, in teams, especially at the NHL, like those guys, you aren't looking for them to score or be huge impact guys. They're just trying to eat minutes. I mean, you hear about the sixth and fifth D, and it's like, what do those guys do? Oh, they eat minutes. It's like just try not to get scored on. Yeah. yeah that's why I love Brendan Guns. It's like the guy's not going to score, but nothing's going to happen bad yeah. while he's out there. Yeah, he'll, which keep, is... he'll keep the puck down in their end. It's it's boring low event hockey, but it's good. Like exactly, but he doesn't hit anyone, so people are like, this guy's not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think like realistically, that is a crazy option that does open up to them. Is is he, exactly? It's almost like those two guys would want to only have three centers. It's like, listen, we can we can eat the we can play these minutes. We don't need which I mean. Obviously, an 82-game schedule, you don't want to play 30 minutes a night every night. But at the same time, I mean, it's it's crazy to see the... I mean, you look at it against any team in the league who has two guys like this, and, and they're dominant teams. Like, I mean, Pittsburgh, Crosby, Malkin, Ottawa, Veshkin, Kuznetsov. I mean, you can go across the board on teams that are successful. They have two guys. And now, like you said, for Toronto or the house you're talking about, like, you can have dog shit curtains now because you got two of the best centermen in the game and and i mean i think last year austin got hurt a bit and i don't want to come off sound like i'm his buddy but just from a strict well you are his buddy yeah this is not an official (laughs) podcast you can just be like yeah i'm his fucking buddy yeah i mean i think i think as a as a fan of the game in general i think it's it's crazy it's it's definitely i mean essentially you don't you worry a lot less about the d you worry a lot less about their goaltending you worry a lot less about guys in the wing when you have two guys down the middle like that because I mean, having a having one of those centers in New York. I mean, look at the Islanders; they were a half decent team because they had John Tavares, and now and just only him, pretty much, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, Barzell obviously came in and did way better than everyone this thought year. he was going to do, and and then that's next year's the question, right? Is 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 he that good? And does he go out every year and play that? I think that his skating is incredible. I think he has. I think playing against him in juniors was a joke. I think that like he should have never <laughs> been in those leagues. He should have never been in junior. It's just ridiculous. Like, that's the thing with juniors is like there's like the first lines are all really like competitive kids who are prospects, but then there's like the couple kids on the fourth lines who are just like getting into 30, 40 games a year. And I was that guy, and I kind of established myself a bit. But then there's guys like Matt Barzell, and you play them every night, and like the game ends, and you look at the, you look at the score sheet, and he has like six points, and like you're like. They only scored six goals. How does he have six <laughs> points? Like, but and but going back to my point, I think this year will be interesting now with guys like that because you see it with Domi and Duclair in, in Arizona. They come out have a great year. The next year, teams know who they are, and and it sounds crazy. You're like they watch so much video. How do you not know who a guy is? 
well, now you know who Matt Barzell is. And when you know who Matt Barzell is, you're going to play him differently than when you're worrying about just John Tavares. And, and he, Yeah, he's not going to get the benefit of what Austin is now going to get the benefit of, which is not having to be the number one guy. Exactly. And Kadri. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Kadri. Honestly. A, he had 32 goals last year. And yeah. Kadri's the first line, line center, center on a lot of teams. Yeah, for oh, sure. 100%. And then even the, the part of, of, I mean, I know Mike Babcock in the social media world has different opinions from different guys, but at the end of the day, He's a great coach, and you look at Austin's first year, and I, I said this to a couple of buddies I talked about, but he didn't, he didn't have to do much when it comes to taking big jaws in the defensive zone or shutting down first lines or all that kind of stuff. His first year, he was able to grow. He was able to find his pace and play, and now you give a coach like Mike Babcock, a guy like John Tavares, who can even still go out and take those positions that you don't, if you don't want to put Austin into stuff like that, and that just, I mean, as a hockey player, it just helps you grow your confidence knowing that, you don't have one guy who can go out there and take draws when you need him. You have three. And, I mean, like you said, Kadri for sure is a first-line center on a lot of other teams. Yeah. Well, the thing I like, too, my favorite, like, stupid narrative of this was that, like, Austin was going to be mad that they got John Tavares. Like, he was going to be like, oh, what the fuck? I'm the guy here, and now you're bringing in another guy? You and think you, I'm not the guy? Yeah, and you <laughs> might, what, you're going to make him captain now and not me? Like, <laughs> I like. Yeah, Tavares I mean, is gonna come in and be like, "I'm the captain now." I mean, uh. it's fine. Even if they, I'm, I think they are gonna make Tavares the captain, Probably, yeah. and I don't think Austin would care. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I mean, it just was such a stupid like. What competitive person, first of all, doesn't want to have a better chance of winning? That's number one, and number two, like, what kind of like like petulant moron would you have to be to be like oh this is like it's it only going to make things better for austin why would he be like oh i hate this this is terrible you mean i'm gonna get I'm easier like, matchups now yeah like, you mean yeah, i might yeah. get easier matchups and i'm gonna get more power play time and a, uh, a guy like, who had one point in seven games in the playoffs because boston was like clearly keen on him yeah. exclusively does not have to put up with that anymore. Yeah, it's crazy. And it, 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 but that, it, that's the best part about Toronto, which is I love that. I love that they that this is working out the way it's working out because it's all the questions that have not been answered are, are slowly answering themselves in a way. It's like, well, can Matthews handle the media? It's like, well, we just won't have him talk to the media for the first couple of years, and then when he's ready, he'll talk to him a bit, and then we'll just sign John Tavares to take care of everything. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, don't worry. But, like, you look at it at the end of this year when they get knocked out, and everyone's like, whoa, Matthews hates Babcock. And it's like, well, no, he doesn't hate Babcock, but he's, like you say, he's a competitive guy. He didn't want to get knocked out. In his mind, he probably thought if he played in different positions, maybe he could have helped more. Maybe he could have done this. Maybe he could have done that. But then he gets blown up into the whole, like, he hates Babcock. Babcock hates him. Then Babcock flies down to Arizona. It's, it's this huge, I mean, it's Toronto, and it's amazing. And that's why you <laughs> love sports, because it's like, no matter what happens, you're going to hear about it. But, I mean, yeah, it's funny. I've been thinking about the past couple of days, and I'm like, I knew I was going to come on and we were going to talk about it, but I was like, I really don't know where, like, this with Toronto. Like, I don't, I mean, yeah, their D was maybe an issue, but that's, it all gets shirt up with, like, yeah. one signing, which is crazy, but I think that that's how good John Tavares is. And I think that that's, that's the reason why, I mean, he's making $11 million next year. I think it's, 
it's my it's, biggest decision is going to be uh, how do I wear both of their jerseys at the same time? You know <laughs> what I mean? Do a Franken jersey, the stitched. Yeah, together. yeah. <laughs> but it's the worst thing in sports. Yeah. Of the, split the jersey. Team. Yeah, the half blue Tavares, half yeah. white Matthews. To yeah. Matthews. To Matthews. <laughs> with thirty-four and ninety-one on the back. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, do you guys like better, Tavathews or Materis? I think Mathveris is what Mathveris. I think Math is better. Okay, Mathveris. Yeah, I like but that. I, I'm yeah. gonna to borrow a, a phrase uh, from Donald Trump. Um, because every, everything's been going... <laughs> That's a great segue. Everything's been going so well for you as a fan, John, for Dude, like the last true. two years since they won the, the Matthews lottery. That's right. Uh, are, have you, well. Do you feel like you're winning so much that you're actually sick of winning now? Like, are What you, have we won? Are you tired of it? What have we won? Well, just everything's going well, right? It's so, going well. So, it's going well. So, we haven't made it out of the first round. True, true. Exactly. But like, I was expecting over w- the moon, popping bottles, Cullen, today. And he's like... Yeah, it's good. You know, it's good. I like it. The least. Okay. <laughs> Seems last, like you're bored of winning. The it's last like when your business starts making money and you're just like, yeah, whatever. We always made money. It's like, <laughs> you, guys, you guys were always good. Eh? Listen, okay. The last time the Leafs won a playoff series, I was in second year university working at Safeway on the weekends. Okay. I mean, look at me now. <laughs> but it's just, uh, okay, I, I think it's more just I got all my excitement out on the weekend. Like on Sunday, like, okay, so we signed Tavares. It becomes official. And I, w- like, I was here with my girlfriend in the morning, you know, which we're having breakfast. It happens. I couldn't even talk to her for two hours. <laughs> I just like, I was just on Twitter. I was just reading everything. I was, I turned on TSN, even though there was soccer on. I just was like... I can't, and I told her, I'm like, I'm really sorry, but like, I just can't, I'm so excited, I can't even speak to you right now, don't, e- I can't, and I just had this like stupid grin on my face the whole morning, then the press conference happened, and I was just like, holy shit, like, Tavares is a lot smarter of a guy than I even knew about, like, listening to him talk, like, he's a really well-spoken guy, he obviously took his time deciding on Toronto, that's the other thing too, is like, this guy who's obviously intelligent had a week to make a really difficult decision, and is and weighed all his options, decided on my team. That's fucking cool as shit. So yeah, it's like, it's very exciting, but at the same time, I'm still a Leafs fan. So it's like the same thing that I went through all year being like, oh, maybe Tavares will sign, but I refuse to acknowledge that that might happen until it did happen. It's like the same kind of thing. I can't acknowledge that we're the favorites in the league right now. They're absolutely winning a cup in the next three years. I I can't be shocked if they didn't. I can't even think about that. I can't think about it. Yeah, so I that's mean, that's partly why I'm like underplaying it because it's just it's been my whole life. It's the Leafs. It's like they'll find a way to fuck it up. Oh yeah, and that is the wise yeah. move because when I, when I had hope in 2011, it was like the worst thing in exactly. the world. So yeah, you're you're doing fair. the right thing, not having hope. Uh, that is the smart move. But thank you. Realistically, they are going to win a cup in the next three to five years. I can't tell. Like, I, can't I don't, even, I don't I mean, see how they can. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to support that, especially especially because like you said, like. John Tavares is, I mean, from what obviously we're making, from what you can see, he seems like he's very well put together, smart guy. So like a guy like that, he's, he was raised in the Ontario area. He knows, he knows like all that goes into it. And he made that decision knowing that when things go south the very first time, it's on him. When things things go south the 50th time, it's on him. And I think 
coming in and making that decision, it, it, as a fan base, you have to get excited about that even more than the fact that of who he is because so many guys before have looked at that challenge and said, no, nah, I don't want that. I want to go play and enjoy myself and do what I want to do in, 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 in my area and not have to worry about the, the media or the this or the yeah, that. He could have easily yeah. gone to San Jose. I mean, easily. the hometown guys like never come home, right? Like Danny exactly. Greer refused to play for Montreal. Sheldon Surrey did go to Edmonton, but probably wishes he didn't. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's that's the thing is is he knows going in how big that can be, and I think that that alone makes you have confidence in the fact that a winner like that going in somewhere is like he's aware, he knows, and and that that's why this summer, this year, this decision it was huge for sure, and and I mean it's exciting because. Yeah, that's that's a big decision for someone to to make to go home, right? Well, over here we've got a we got a fourth line to be really thrilled. Hey, whatever. <laughs> Jason Garrison came home. That's the, true. The yeah. hammer. Wow. Yeah, he did. That really worked out for uh, I think Everyone. a season and a half. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I look. I I have been taking some some heat. People are accusing me of being a shill, that I've changed my ways, I've turned my back on the fans. Who's accusing you of that? Uh, Daniel Wagner of Pasadena oh. Coolest, mostly. <laughs> right. cool, because, yeah. uh, because I like Sam Gagne, and I don't, uh, I don't hate the signing of Antoine Roussel. I see. Or at least I, know, like, I understand why this happened. Yeah. Because like, you listen to Jim Benning talk on Sunday about why they made these signings, uh, and like, you could copy-paste everything he said. From pretty much every single Travis Green post-game press conference all year long. This is clearly a coach who thought his team was too easy to play against all yeah. year. Mm-hmm. And wanted the players that he thought would help him fix that and play the way that he wants them to play. Like, these are, as, as much as we are like, <laughs> look at the agents for these guys, like, need to take a bow. Like, clearly the coach wanted this more yeah. than anything. Yeah, for that sure. definitely seems true. For and a lot sure. of people are talking about and that. And, like, yeah. I... I I, so I have to acknowledge that I understand this on some yeah, level. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I and I, I support that too. I think the Russell, uh, I think the Russell contract's not that bad, honestly. I think at the end of the day, he's a player that you know, you know exactly what you're getting when you go out and get him, and you watch him every night, and he does do what he needs to do. Like, he, I mean, for, he's one of those guys that if you don't, if you're not a fan of the team he plays for, you're not going to love him. But he's effective. He's a good player. I mean, I definitely think from what I've watched, he's. I don't think that's a bad signing in in of those three. I mean. Yeah, and then again, the Tim Challer one I think could be very surprising. I mean, there's games I watched him play for Boston, and he was on their second line. He was like one of the best players on the ice. I was like, I didn't even know who he was until this year, and then he had a hat trick, and he was out there ripping it up. So it's like, you never know. I'm looking forward to watching Antoine Roussel. I think, Stefan, can you get on board with that too? But but the thing that's funny is that people are like, well, they brought him in to protect the kids, but he's such a shit disturber that he's more likely to get the kids targeted. Yeah, I think that's true. I think when you say protect, though, it's more that, like, he's going to be a guy who jumps into scrums, right? You're not going to see a situation where, like, uh, Hartnell just slaps Troy Stetcher across the face and no one does anything. Right, but but the thing is, Stetcher's still going to get slapped across. Like, it's the. You even had the argument where it's like, I mean, you were arguing on kind of on behalf of Travis Green. Yeah. uh, But, but, you know, when. Lack of pushback uh, was a problem. But yeah. pushback doesn't matter because it's still the thing still happens. So at that point, like it's still going to keep like Mark Savard's career was ended when Milan Lucic was on the ice. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, I don't it think doesn't. Any, it's, I think it's just overrated. not a thing that matters. 
Yeah. It doesn't prevent it doesn't prevent things from happening. It just makes you feel better afterwards. For, After Brock Besser has been decapitated, it's like, well, at least <laughs> someone on their yeah. team got decapitated too. Yeah, we, well, Brock Besser still doesn't have a head. We so. <laughs> at least we got a head with a pike on it, or a pike with a head on it, also, right? Yeah. And um, when you're a bad team, that you know that is kind of what you grasp to. Well, just sucks, having but. grown up and watched this team that had like Matt Cook and Yarko Rutu on it at the same time. And then, like, Kessler and Burroughs together. Like, this is an element of the game that was so entertaining watching the Canucks for yeah. so long that has kind of been missing since. Burrow. They've had no personality. So it is nice to have. I will say it's nice to have some personality. And we got a yeah. little bonus clip. It's not our clip of the week here, but we do have a little personality here from Antoine yes. Roussel. I thought this was our clip of the week. Is it our clip of the week? Yeah. I'll All right, it's sure. our clip of the week, yeah. Sure. It's our clip of the week right here. <laughs> Uh, Antoine Roussel in a commercial for PM Stanley's Motor Cars, which sure. is That's a everyone's Dallas that. area car dealership. Yeah, yeah. This is some of the Antoine Roussel personality that we have to look forward here in Vancouver. Hi, it's Antoine Roussel, and it's time for Ride with Bruce, starring me, Bruce. <laughs> this car really purrs. It has a great exterior coat and it's so soft. Come feel it, come on. Come feel it. You definitely like to be held. She's so sweet. Cars and cat have only one letter different. Isn't that neat? Oh Man, that's my goodness. great stuff. I like when he's like fondling the car and there's like uh, vaguely like 90s porn music <laughs> playing in the background. Like you, like you watch those like old school, uh, like, yeah, those like mid 90s uh, porns where they were like trying to be like tough and cool. Like it'd be like, oh, they're in an alley, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and then that'd be like the music in the background. They're dangerous. Just, yeah, there'd just be like burning oil drums around for uh, some reason. You're like, where even sure. are they right yeah. now? Yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, no, no I, mean, I, can't, I can't even think great. of how many times uh, this season producing the games I had to sit through like, uh, this is Alex Bermistrov for, uh. for Bassant Motors. <laughs> yeah. I am going to uh, see, playing in the Vancouver. I need a car. I go to Bassant Motors. Or there was like a... Did they keep playing those after he left? No, no, no. They just only played the Grandland one, which was great, too, because Grandland played for the Abbotsford Heat for your dad. And he uh, was like, "Uh, I am Marcus Grandland, and ever since I play... He's also Russian. Ever since I play in Abbotsford, they tell me Basin Motors is place to go. (laughs) I like it. So is Marcus Grandlin doing a Russian accent in the commercial? I don't know. Yeah. There's a little bit of Finnish in there. I yeah, think. it's it's a hard one. All right. I got a hilarious story actually about that because that like the car dealership thing. Well, I guess he's played in Dallas. So I guess it is just certain fan bases, but it's hilarious how like that is a pitch to the majority of guys that come in and play. It's like, listen, you come here, we're going to get you your own car commercial. It's just going to be you <laughs> sitting in the front seat. Just, yeah, no, we got you. But in uh, in Arizona, actually, it's funny. My dad is good buddies with this guy that kind of met through the team who runs, like, the BMW dealership in uh, in Arizona. Okay. And they sponsor the team and stuff. So they've, like, become friends through it. And now that he's living down there, they, they hang out or whatever. But... Obviously, the sponsorship deal opportunities aren't as big for ice hockey players in Arizona. <laughs> no. So this guy, like, they obviously don't even have, like, the same concept. And he said, uh, 
that an undisclosed player their mom called the BMW dealership and was like, Hey, like my son, so-and-so has just been drafted to the coyotes. And like, we know that like most places where like the guys go play, like if they do a commercial, the team will give them a car to drive for the year. And, mm-hmm. and this guy, at the BMW ship dealership is like, yeah, so we don't give Shane Doan a free car. And uh, Larry Fitzgerald is the only athlete who drives a free car for doing commercials. So I don't think we're going to be able to make something work for your son. She's like, he's just drafted in the fourth round. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Sorry, Christian Dvorak. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to give him like a windbreaker. <laughs> yeah, he gave, yeah. He gave him a BMW hat. And he's like, there you go. You can wear that around town. For I free. love that she was trying to make it happen. Unreal, though. though, eh? That's like a Boogie Cousins signs with the Golden State Warriors last night. And apparently he had to call them. Because yeah. nobody called him. He got no offers as a free agent. That's and he, crazy. And he just called the Warriors and was like, can we do this or what? Yeah. And they were like, uh, okay. Uh, but yeah, imagine if it was like Boogie's mom being like, Call my son didn't get any free agency offers. Uh. And Joe LaCobe's <laughs> like, well, we'll give you a hat. <laughs> but that, apparently that's what happened with that uh, Lamar Jackson who got drafted in the NFL. Apparently his mom, I was reading a bunch of articles about it. That you get drafted by Buffalo? Baltimore. Oh, uh, Baltimore. Baltimore. Baltimore, that's right. And uh, apparently his mom wouldn't let him like interview with certain teams and stuff because he's like a small quarterback. So when he first went to school, they tried to move him to a wide receiver. And they're like, no, he's going to be a quarterback. And teams in the NFL wanted to move him to a wide receiver. So his mom, like teams were calling to talk with him. And he was that she's like, no, he's not coming to you. He's going to go be a quarterback. And like wouldn't talk to teams. He didn't even go to the combine. How like, does she know who, which teams want him? Be a wide receiver. It's cr- I, I have no idea, but he ended up going to Baltimore, and apparently they promised he's going to be a quarterback. I guess, I guess so. like when uh, we do contests on the morning show, and people call in, I have to ask every single time, "Have you won anything from us in the past thirty days?" And if they say yes, then I just hang up on them. <laughs> do you want my son to play wide receiver? <laughs> yes. <Click. Yeah. laughs> We're done here. It's pretty much a contest. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Oh well, we will go from there into our top three questions. Of the week. England's about to lose here, by the way. Yeah, I know. We're watching We've it. got it up on the screen. Yeah, yeah, we, I've, got it off on, I've got it off on the second monitor. We nice. Took, it's already paying dividends. We took yeah. you off the TV, unfortunately. Oh, oh that's a big miss. That was a a okay, so my stream's a little behind. Oh, so. sorry. Come on, guys. Oh, Come sorry. on. <laughs> sorry, he scored, actually. We're just yeah, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yo, it's the top three questions of the week on Real Good Show. You know what the fuck it is, bitch? We murdering CFL podcasts up in this motherfucker. Russell, look out. Anything good in the mailbag this week, John? Hell nah, brah. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. But it was a, we're taping in, in the middle of a weekday, which I don't think we've really done before. So we didn't get a ton of questions. Yeah, Tuesday morning questions. Not great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people well, are it's, it's 2 p.m. After a long weekend, too. People aren't that inspired. But uh, we've got two questions that are kind of related to stuff we've been talking about in this episode. So I'm excited about it. The first one comes in from Scott Morrison at Maudie Sco. What would your pitch to convince a free agent to join the podcast look like? Uh, like any free agent? Well, I'm guessing it's like a podcast free agent. So we're we're, 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 we're trying well, to we have our own studio. It's kind of like how, you know, when people are like, check out our dressing room and our, our various amenities. Yeah, that's we got true. A studio. We have multiple uh, comical banners. That's true. Uh, Never ending supply the, of mineral water. We, we got the two banners in there. We have our friend Kevin banner. 
So <laughs> three banners, uh, three banners. It's tough to argue uh, with the great three banner Ikea philosophy. Light. You got some candles. Yeah, um, we do. Yeah, we got the candle going again this week. It's a nice. Uh, it's a. It's a good candle. It's by yeah. uh, by I don't know some California candle company and they a oh, pf candle i think is, is that pf chang's yeah, candle PF division Chang's candle division it's really nice the one we're uh, rocking today is a tobacco and teak wood mm-hmm. okay so yeah nice. i mean so i think that's all you need to say i think you could just it's got talk a nice about the candle vibe. to be honest uh we've got a coach jim playfair is yep. uh you know if you're looking to develop your podcasting skills we've mm-hmm. got that yeah uh i've never uh made bread before uh, I probably would be really bad at it. It seems like it's something that you couldn't just uh, take up overnight. But I, I feel like uh, I'm going to try and make bagels. And I'm going to make fresh bagels every morning. <laughs> I feel like that's way harder than bread to make. <laughs> Look, that this is the pitch, right? Okay, this sure. This is all anyone is looking for. So our pitch is we're, that we're lying. We're, we're <laughs> yeah. telling them a bunch of shit. They're like, oh, you just couldn't go get a, a bagel? No, then? it's going to be true. Every morning I'm going to wake up and make the bagels. But they're if probably going to be guy. really bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, but so, it's the thought that counts. It's the effort and care that I put into them. There you go. Sure, but like John Tavares got the offer of like New York bagels from like a real New York bagel place and he didn't go back there mm-hmm. so i yeah, feel like yeah. we got to stay away from the bagels i don't know i feel like it didn't entice taveras but it would entice the right kind of person i guess that's a lot true. of podcasters <laughs> would probably be all yeah. over it yeah you're yeah. right that's a good thing to point out that a lot of them will be fat <laughs> <laughs> that's a given and will want food uh jesse farrar uh, you know if he ever becomes a free agent i think we'd probably be pitching him for sure uh, I'll get yeah, rosemary else? rock salt to help me out. Oh yeah, okay. They'll give up on me after like three days. And be like, this guy sucks at making bagels. <laughs> but hey, they'll give you a hat. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, yeah, I think that's pretty good, Jackson. I mean, what if uh, you know? What would you? What would entice you? You know, I mean, I guess you're kind of a yeah. free agent. You're you're yeah. trying to get into the podcasting realm. A little I bit. am. Yeah, my uh, I call my agent. He's uh, non-existent, but I'm still looking. <laughs> still looking. So any agents or podcasts that are looking for someone to represent. Um, honestly, the sparkling water was just a great, um, just a great add-on to the podcast. I think just you guys in general are a great sell. You got to sell yourselves first. I do. I wow, do. That's team, right? No, I like the compliment there, but you are correct. I do think the spritz. Yeah, for is sure. Like our biggest selling point, for sure. And, uh, well, and only one person provides that, so it's uh, important to note that the Patreon should all go to me. Hey, I'm I'm there gonna use uh, the flavored water as the water base for my bagels. Hey. That doesn't seem good. I, uh, hey, and it's also sparkly. Couldn't, so I feel yeah. like that isn't <laughs> couldn't be worse than my uh, my ordinary water bagels, could it? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, you bring up a good point. You don't have to eat the bagels if you come on the podcast. Yeah, it's yeah, just, that's the thing. Or no, we'll there. do like uh, and we'll do the office like uh, when uh, when uh, they bring in. Uh, Charles, uh, Idris Elba's character, and he cuts all the bagels into C's. We would cut all the bagels into like whatever shape their name is. Like we just have a bunch of bagel J's when Jackson oh, yeah. comes over. I'd never uh, leave. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess we could they're start. De- they're decorative bagels, Tony. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I would have loved to know the exact. Like I would. To be a fly in the wall in those rooms for those pitches of those when the NHL team oh, go in to pitch to a guy, totally. Could you imagine like be your, so fascinating your ego at that moment of an entire NHL franchise being like, please, please come, come yeah. pay for it, please. And for they're it? flying out, literally. They're like, well, my favorite thing, my favorite part of this whole thing, and I, I haven't even mentioned it yet, but this is a, this is true. 
is uh, Montreal not even getting in the room? Because <laughs> well, why like, would they? Though? I know yeah. for sure. Well, I they agree. Thought they were going to, but that's what I mean. Yeah. It's like year, Mark yeah. Bergevin basically like I don't know that he ever actually came out and said that they were going after Tavares, but he made some like cryptic like, well, you know, we're trying to have a lot of salary cap space available for next year and blah blah blah. Then made a bunch of moves in a row to sink his team into the ground, and then Tavares wouldn't even let him in the room. I mean, that just yeah. was. Mwah. I heard what happened there was uh, they were scheduled to pitch at the same time that Bergevin's leg lift was in the gym, and he couldn't <laughs> skip it because that guy is absolutely shredded, and he should just walk into negotiations with no shirt on and just intimidate players. Never skips a leg day. Yeah. That's amazing. I like that. Yeah. I mean, he's a piece of shit, and I hope the Canadians franchise burns to the ground. Sucks forever. Not, not to be stuck on uh, one track here, though, but I, I You're really know. on the bagel track. I want to know, though, if Tavares and his wife really, they were like, well, I mean, if we stay in Long Island, we will get the bagels. <laughs> Do you think they had to bump his contract a couple hundred thousand to make up for the bagel supply? Yeah. <laughs> because Montreal's got good bagels, too. He didn't even let them in the room. Yeah, yeah that's true. Montreal style. So maybe bagel. he just doesn't care for bagels. This <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. We haven't considered it at all. Perhaps he's a crepes guy. We're, yeah. <laughs> We're missing the boat. Yeah, that'd be cool, actually. I would go somewhere that they gave me free crepes. I mean, that's way more enticing, I think. For oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, the next question, kind of along the same lines, but uh, more fun. Uh, from Ian at Ian Wally. If you each signed a contract with another podcast, how would you like to see the listeners destroy your RGS jersey in their backyard for social media? Oh, boy. I mean, it's it's me we're talking about here. They have, someone have to fucking uh, do like a cum tribute, but like an angry <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, because normally that's like a good thing. But this a cum, like, a cum they're tribute? They're grimacing, I think, during the... They're like, ah, I'm, I'm so mad at Stefan. <laughs> So but it's like, but it's like kind of a good feeling though. At the end, like it's mad I, arousal. I want mine. Uh, I think definitely the guy has to have a Brooklyn accent because that was the funniest part of all the a lot of the Tavares like oh, yeah. Jersey Bernie's yeah. like yeah. John Tavares. I respected you for ten years. I gave you ten years of my life, and now you're leaving. And this is all I gotta say about it. I promised you the gabagool, Johnny. <laughs> the exactly. gabagool. Exactly. So it's got to be a Brooklyn man. <laughs> and uh, what else do I want? Uh, I I want, uh, yeah, I, I think people would get really mad at me and they would want to taunt me with like booze and like drugs. So like I would want them I mean, to like, uh, I'd want them to like soak my jersey in alcohol yeah, and be like, oh, we hate that you didn't drink. Like, I don't know if you know it. this about alcohol. It's highly flammable. I do. Yeah. I actually did know that. <laughs> uh, I've had a few uh, Molotov cocktails in my day. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I would want them to like taunt me with my lack of drinking. Maybe they even smoke a joint and then throw the roach oh, yeah. onto the booze soaked jersey to put it up into flame like just to really that's their way of like throwing it in my face mm-hmm. i think that's a good way to go uh i want uh, my jersey burning video to like turn into a fail video halfway through so like it's probably like uh He's probably gonna burn it on like one of those like circular like charcoal backyard barbecue things, but then it starts burning out of control. Like the f- the fire 
becomes unmanageable or like the guy's sleeve catches fire and he's just like hitting his arm as he's like running across the yard as the camera stays stationary and he's just like rolling trying to get these flames out i want the fire to uh yes just become unmanageable and this this guy who has decided to burn me to uh bite off a little more than he can chew on the flame front. So even even in this extremely hypothetical scenario, Justin has to come out on top. I just I want it to be funny. <laughs> yeah. I think it'd be hilarious <laughs> watching this guy just be on fire. <laughs> Jackson? Um, pretend you're one of us. Well, thanks. We do have real good show baseball jerseys if that helps you imagine. Oh, us. that does. It yeah. gives me a visual. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, from what I've seen, I think the emotional aspect is important, that they definitely get, get worked up and can't get through their whole monologue of telling me why I'm such a piece of shit before they have to burn the jerseys, where people feel so hurt by the athlete leaving that by, like, halfway through, they're like, you know what? Screw you, man. And they just light the jersey on fire halfway <laughs> through. It's just too emotional <laughs> to handle. But uh, going off of uh, Justin's point, I do like the where they start off being like, you owed me this. And then when the jersey catch on, catches on fire, which they bought with their own money, that is apparently the other guy's fault for leaving, then their whole house like burns down. It's just like he gets <laughs> one last stab at the guy. Like, <laughs> I left your team and fuck your house. See you later. I'm out. Peace. I also gone. like the possibility of them just changing their mind in the middle. Yeah. I mean, like, no, I want to wear this again. Just trying to like but undo... Like, I like the idea of that happening where the guy's entire house gets burnt down and then John Tavares quote tweets it like, LOL. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of like a Buddhist monk kind of killing two birds with one stone and like sitting outside like uh, like the U.S. embassy and being like, well, I'm also mad that John Tavares left. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing the jersey. <laughs> I mean, Jackson, you have actually, I mean, you've played in the WHL. You play for Dollhouse University. You've had jerseys with your name on it. Like, do you think anyone's ever burned one? Honestly, not. I mean, maybe. I. So when I was playing in the Western League, I played for, I originally went down and played for Spokane when I was 18 and yeah. played my whole year as an 18-year-old. And for people who don't follow the league that closely, the, the Spokane and Tri-Cities are like two and a half hours away from each other in Washington. So we play each other like 12 times throughout the year, which is crazy considering you play some teams like zero times throughout the year. Right. And uh, so we played them a ton and they're like our big rivalries. We have a bunch of big games against them. And so then my 19 year old year, halfway through the year, I got traded to Tri-Cities and I was like the first guy to get traded to Tri-Cities in like 15 years from Spokane. Oh shit. Yeah. So then, because I sucked at hockey at the time, I went over <laughs> and played the rest of the year and didn't score a goal and uh, everyone in Spokane definitely didn't like me and they let me know. So they, I could have had a jersey burning at the time, but I don't know. I, 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 don't, I can't confirm that. But then when I did go back to Spokane, um, I learned that I was the only guy to score a goal for Tri-Cities and Spokane in the same year. So that's kind of a wow. pat on the back. Dude, Thank you is. very much. Not, but, not in the history uh, books. I only scored like 10. So, so it's not was really it bragging. weird? Because like you got <laughs> traded. You had no control over yeah. it. Was it weird that people like hated you? Man, like it was it somehow was, your fault? Yeah. Well, that was a wild part about it. And like that's the thing about getting traded from teams is like, you don't really ever think about it until it happens, right? But you're literally, like, getting kicked out of, like, your club group with your friends and then kind of getting accepted into another club group. But, like, they don't really like you as you're getting accepted, especially for me because I was playing for Spokane for, like, 12 games where my I literally would have to go out and hit guys and fight guys and be the guy that would try and piss other guys off. And then I got traded to that team. And when I got traded, 
they were playing in Seattle and I had to meet them that night and play. So I like flew from Spokane to Seattle and they were bussing up. So when I got into Seattle, the GM like picked me up and I'm not like, he picks me up and I'm so nervous and we're sitting in the car. He's like, so you want something to eat? And we're supposed to play a game. It's like five 30. We play at seven. I just flown in. And he's like, yeah, like, do you want some Subway or something? And I was like, yeah, for sure. So I'm eating Subway in the, in the dressing room, getting ready to play. And, like, the whole team comes in, like, all of Tri-Cities. And they knew I got in traded there, but, like, they all hated me from, like, on the ice. So, like, one guy came up and was like, what's up, man? How's it going? Everybody else just walked right past me and put their bags down. And I was like, man, this could be horrible. But, I mean, it ended up being great afterwards. And then going back to Spokane again was super weird because that was also a mid-year trade uh yeah yeah yeah. it was when I was 20 I got well it was I didn't get traded I got released from Tri-Cities traded for another 20 year old and like an overage import so I got dropped and he came in and then Spokane picked me back up as a 20 year old okay and so that one was weird too because I was like I went from literally like the lowest low of like a team just pretty much being like yeah like we don't want you anymore like you're done go figure it out. And I, there's a, in the Western, like once you get dropped, they like, no one can pick you up for two days. Cause each team has to like clear you on their protected list. So starts at the bottom and works back up to the top. So like every team has to say no until you get tagged. But if you get taken by this team, these teams all again have to say no to say that they don't want you kind of thing. So I was waiting for that process to happen for two days. And it was like the most depressed I've ever been. I'm like sitting at this billets house in tri cities with like nothing to do. And Anyways, and then Spokane picks me up, and I had to meet them halfway on the road to Kelowna. So they picked me up literally on the side of the highway, pulled the bus <laughs> over. I'm, like, standing there with my bag and, like, all my, like two bags for my billets and, like, my hockey bag. And, like, they pull up, and, like, the coaches and the trainers are awesome. They were like, what's up? They all gave me a hug, and they, like, started moving my stuff over. I get on the bus, and the bus is just qu- dead quiet. You can hear a pin drop. Everyone's just staring at me, and I'm like these used to be my best friends for like so long and now all these guys hate me. So I like get on the bus and I'm 20 at the time. So like normally the 20 year olds like sit at the very back of the bus. Right. So I get up and I got my bag and I look, I got a suit in one bag and my, my clothes in the other bag. And there's like one seat open. And it's literally like the first seat after all the rookies is like, so I'm pretty much sitting like right at the very front of the bus. And like, I'm like, I'm not going to make it a big deal. I put my bags down. I sit there the whole time. Like, don't talk to anybody. And then, like, three hours down the road, one of my buddies walks up. He's like, ah, we're just kidding, man. He's like, come on back. He's like, we missed you. How you been? I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, we're just playing. Like, it's all good. How you doing? I'm like, man. But, nice. Yeah. Did uh, they, like, did you ever have, because, like, because that's got to be a weird thing when you get traded. And then, like, I'm sure there were some guys on the team that maybe, you know, you just didn't love. And then when you play against them, you oh, can yeah. kind of be like, because you know everything about them, too. Man, yeah. So you probably had that and then had to go face that guy again. Did you have that kind of situation? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that happened a lot. I mean, I was lucky because a lot of the guys that were, like, really good. I mean, I, they're all good guys. And I... And, I like yeah, I'm not think. saying anyone's a yeah, bad guy, yeah, but yeah. You, know, you have your no, personality no, for conflicts. sure. And actually, it's a funny story. So there is, I mean, I, 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 not to, not against you guys, but I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's a fan of the show. So I'll tell the story because I don't know if you'll ever hear it, anyways. But a guy that we played with, um, we both came into the team as rookies at the this same time. This is on Spokane. Spokane, yeah, yeah. and. Uh, we didn't again we didn't not like each other but we just didn't always see eye to eye kind of thing and you live with everybody all year you get you have your moments with guys and of course 
And uh, it was funny, actually. When I was 18, I went to camp there. I had my, there's like a four day camp. And so my very first day I played like brutal. I had a horrible day. I wasn't playing very well. And like I was 18, I wanted to go make the team and they, I wasn't listed or protected or anything. So I was kind of making the team off of just whatever. And so my first day I didn't play very good. So my second day I was like, all right, I'm going to go out here and try and like stir some shit up and at least get noticed. Right. So my very first day I go out first scrimmage, ask a guy to fight and we end up getting into a little scrap and it's all good. And I get do all right, have a good game, play well. And then we play like three games that day. So we play another game and then our third game that day. Now that like the rumors have kind of went around camp that I'm like looking to fight, but I'm like, I don't want to fight. I just knew I played bad yesterday and I'm trying to like not get cut today. So I'm like out here, whatever. So sure enough, the third game, there's like four kids that are just like young kids excited. I mean, we're all young kids excited. And so sure enough, this this guy who ends up making our team asked me to fight and he kind of makes it like a big show in front of it. Like kind of chases me around a bit. So I'm like, all right. So turn around, drop my gloves. And I had played a year of junior. So I kind of knew what I was doing a bit, but I wasn't like the most experienced guy. And I reach across, grab him. And, and as soon as I grab him and go to like put my head up and look and see what I can throw, I get hit about four times right in the face. And I realize <laughs> that like I'm holding his right arm, but his right arm's like holding me and he's throwing lefts. So I'm like holding on like this and his left arm's just like wham, 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 wham. And I'm just getting hit, hit, hit. And so I get hit a bunch and finally I pull him in, like throw a couple and we fall down and like he, he beat me up pretty bad. And, uh, so then I had to like play with this guy <laughs> who like we necessarily didn't love each other. And like, he had it in the back pocket that like he beat the shit out of me at camp. So like <laughs> every day we're loading the bus together and he's like, yo, remember I beat your ass? And I was like, fuck man, like you did, A, you didn't beat my ass. B, we can go again right now if you want. But like we're on the same team. <laughs> this is horrible. So then long story short, I get traded back to Tri-Cities and, uh, uh, yeah, we kind of got in a scrum in the corner and we were getting stomped and I was playing for Chai and he was kind of mouthing me off a bit. So I like turned around and kind of jammed him like near the throw and he went down pretty hard. And then we were standing in front of the bench and he was yelling at me again and we fought again. So that was, um, I think the only time I really had like actual encounters with guys, but right. did you get your win back in the, yeah, I mean, kind of, again, it's so hard lefties. It's just, I mean, I, I guess like, it's just, it's so tough because you're so used to doing it one way. And I mean, obviously every fight's kind of different and things go different ways, but you have the general kind of, I'm going to grab here. He's going to grab here. Hopefully worse comes to worse. I can kind of just pull him in and, and hold on. But when you got like, there's some kids that you fight and that's the thing with the Western League is when you watch those fights of kids, just like going and throwing back and forth, back and forth, like those kids are crazy. Like I didn't <laughs> fight like that. Cause I was like, I don't want to get knocked out. Like I'm not looking to get knocked out in front of all these people. So a lot of times I would just hold on or just like throw a couple punches right. and whatever. But then you got kids who are just willing to just stand there and just throw and throw and throw and throw and lefties are like that a lot of times i'll just let you punch them in the face and you can punch them in the face but <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's hectic stuff but um so then when you went back to spokane after all that was there kind of a, like tension like was, you guys just kind of yeah so i'm pretty sure he was gone by the okay. time i'm back i'm pretty sure after that um he didn't play past that i'm pretty sure because once i went back as a 20 year old yeah it was awesome it was it was awesome going back and um everybody was great and and but that's the other thing about juniors there's a lot of turnover right so, right. Like so guys, it's kind of expected yeah, yeah and guys turn over pretty quick so a lot of the guys you play with aren't there anymore or um the team looks a lot different but yeah that was uh that was the only real real 
issue I had with it. And I mean, I'm, I'm friends with most of the guys on both those teams now looking back on it. So it was, uh, it was weird at the time. It was different, but it was definitely a fun, fun experience. I have a question and I don't mean for this to sound as, uh, I don't know, like insulting as it might <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> That's always yeah. a good start. Because the original question that John asked was, have you ever had your your, your jersey burned? Oh, yeah. In town? And, you know, with junior teams, there's so much turnover, like you said, that like I feel like fans don't often put names on the back just because the, you want to be repping the team constantly yeah. and the kids yeah. change all the time. So do you know if there were fans out there that had Playfair jerseys in the first place. Yes, let me answer this. Because <laughs> this is fucking weird as hell. Okay, so the, I so I was in Arizona uh, two years ago for a curling tournament, and Jackson's dad was kind enough to hook us up with some tickets, my curling team, so we went and watched the Coyotes play. Coming out of the game, after the game, there's a couple, two of them, and they're both wearing Spokane Playfair jerseys. So Boom. I took... So I took a picture oh. and sent it to Jackson, and I was like, is this like your family? Like, do they just go to the game or what? And then he was like, no, I definitely do not know who these people are. Like, I, don't, I have no idea. And I was like, holy shit. Then the very next hockey game I went to was a Vancouver Giants game, and they're, they're playing Tri-City, and two people in line in front of me are wearing Jackson Playfair Tri-City Americans jerseys. Those are the same people? So, well, th- so, I, so I snap Jackson a picture thinking like, oh, my God, like there's these people everywhere. And he goes, oh, no, that's my brother and my old billet family. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm uh, like, oh, okay, that makes that a little makes more, a little more yeah. sense. Well, uh, at least two strangers out yeah. there, anyways. And honestly, yeah, no, there wasn't, there wasn't a ton. But that, I mean, in juniors, they had a lot of those like special jersey giveaways and stuff, so you'd have those. But I will say, like, that's something about hockey in um, like kind of the Pacific Northwest, like states, like with Washington and Oregon and like all that kind of stuff. Is they love hockey, but it's like they're huge. And I know that like you yourself are a wrestling fan, but they're huge wrestling fans. So they love just violence and the concept of like running and hitting each other and like all that kind of stuff. So honestly, like if you're looking to become like a big deal in a small town and you want to go somewhere, go to either Spokane or tri cities or Everett or Portland or any of those towns and be a fighter because they love, I mean, two or the year before I went to Spokane, um, they had a guy named Darren Kramer, who played there and he fought 50 times in one Jesus. year. Oh my God. 50 fights. And he was night. He came in at 19, uh, halfway through the year, they named him captain. End of the year, he got drafted by Ottawa. And yeah, he had like 50 fights and I've never seen, it was like a God in that town. Like that guy's like name. Everybody had a Kramer. Jersey. Oh my God. And like everybody you talked to was like, are you going to be the next Darren Kramer? Like, are you going to, are you going to fight with, are you gonna? I'm like, no, I'm Listeners, not. Listeners, I wish you could see the face Jackson was <laughs> making if he asked that. Yeah, they, they, they love their, uh, their tough guys. So I, I did have a few jerseys. It would have been crazy if he like got traded and then people were like, oh, Jackson's the next Kramer. And then you fought him and it would have been Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah, it would have been wild. <laughs> I knew you were going there thank you <laughs> <laughs> hey guys listen uh okay last question i feel bad jackson because these are all kind of rgs heavy questions oh, no, but you, awesome. you know you're a part of the you're Absolutely. part of the, the the lore you know uh this is from brandon o'connor at Buffer oc who uh i think this he this cements him as our half year champion i would say considering that it is now july 
he asks if there was a real good show version of getting screeched in that guest hosts were expected to perform during their appearance. What animal would they kiss? What would they have to say? And what alcohol would they take a shot of? Now, what do you have to say when you get screeched in? Uh, that's a great... That's the part let of me the look process it up. Yeah, not So, yeah. So, for those of you that don't know, uh, listening to this from America, uh, in the province of Newfoundland, uh, when you go to... Uh, Newfoundland for the first time you technically get screeched in and screech is like a gross like moonshine type of it's alcohol. really bad yeah and so basically what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to take a shot of this screech you're supposed to kiss a cod and then you do a short uh, recitation it says uh, basically the person who does it uh, the leader of the ceremony introduces themselves and asks those present if they would like to become a Newfoundland Newfoundlander the proper response is a hearty yes by. Each participant is asked to introduce themselves and where they come from, often interrupted by commentary from the ceremony leader poking fun at their accent or hometown. Each holds their shot of screech, then they're asked, are ye a screecher? And taught the proper response, deed I is, me old cock, and may your, uh, at long may your big jib draw. Uh, translated, it means, yes, I am, my old friend, and may your sails always catch wind. Well, we're going to keep the me old cock part of that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to alter it. No well, it's sparkling water, right? It's a shot of sparkling water. <laughs> yeah. 100%. It's definitely some yeah, LaCroix. Absolutely. Or LaCroix, sorry. I can't stop calling it LaCroix. I know, because we're from be Canada. Said, but yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I think definitely a shot of mineral water. What animal are they kissing? Uh, it's, it's, an, it's an injured cat that requires a GoFundMe. <laughs> I was thinking that or like a Jack Russell Terrier who can wrestle. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's actually true. I, you know, okay, so I think this is what the ceremony looks like is that we do have a Jack Russell Terrier and then uh, Justin or any one of us, who uh, whoever's performing the ceremony, one of the three of us, uh, we look like we are about to jump on top of the Jack Russell Terrier, yeah. at which point the person who's being screeched in has to say, Russell, look out. And we, and then at the end of that, we say, are you a real good boy? And they say, ostensibly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they take a shot of mineral water. Exactly. Yeah, perfect. Exactly. I think uh, it sounds, Nailed it. sounds perfect. <laughs> Nailed sounds it. perfect to me. Uh, all right. Well, great question, Brandon. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, we'll get your prizes in the mail. Uh, congratulations. Thank you to everybody else who asked questions in this first half of 2018. We got Craig Tamble in second, Matt Rainus in third, Matt Trogdon, Doug Exeter, Dan He all tied for fourth, Aaron Mackay, Camber, Rich Marinsky, and Jacob New all uh, with multiple questions. So thank you guys Congrats, very much. Congrats, everyone. Personally, though, I can't wait uh, for at some point next season for – Antoine to just go too far with his uh, pest play <laughs> and, uh, and uh, somebody to really come after him, at which point I'm sure someone in the stands will yell, Roussel, look out! <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm excited for my Franken jersey. Uh, Rugel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess wouldn't it be more like Rugel? Rugel. Yeah, Rugel. I guess Rugel. Yeah, yeah Rugel. Yeah. Fuck. Well, <laughs> that's, that's a margarine. But. We will go from there into everybody's favorite segment because it means we're on the home stretch. The cherry on top of our cynical Sunday where we pick the things we like from the world at large. One good thing. Good. 
if a lot of people love each other, the world would be a better place to Gentlemen, live. what do you like this week? I'm going to go with Mario Tennis Aces for the Switch. Uh, it's It's got a lot of problems. You yeah, can't, I was going to say uh, I've heard mixed reviews. Yeah, so you can't set the length of the match. You can do, there's two possible lengths. There's one where it's just a tie break and one where it's uh, one set, uh, which sucks. Uh, but... And also, like, picking the court is kind of... There's, there's some issues, for sure. But, like, the core gameplay is so good um, that it's absolutely worth it. So, Mario Tennis... And the adventure mode blows as well. So, okay. So, <laughs> for a one good thing, there's a lot of bad things. But the gameplay, it's, the gameplay itself is so good that it's... Especially the, just, like, the multiplayer. Uh, so, Mario Tennis Aces. For so, this in this and case... They'll, they'll update all that shit later. Probably, in this which case... Which is always this, a good reason to buy the game. This is legitimately just a one good thing. There's one good thing about this game. Yes, and many there's bad one good thing about it, but it is one very And many bad things. things. I don't know. There might just be two good things, because, Stefan, unlike Smash Bros., Waluigi is in this game. Yes? That's, and that is true, yes. And you can play as Waluigi. Yeah. Although I would recommend either Boo or Chain Chomp. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. Uh, my recommendation this week is a little film. Uh, that I watched. You saw a film? I saw a film. This is a momentous occasion over here. Ocean's Eleven. The, the, the original <laughs> one. I liked it. I watched it again recently just for fun. It was on Netflix, and I was like, oh, this is a breezy watch. Man, it's such a great movie. It's just a fun movie to watch. It is amazing how fast it goes. I love the pace of it. It's just like the movie starts, Danny gets out of prison, and right away it's just like, yeah, we're fucking hijacking these casinos. There's no bullshit. There's a bunch of cool people in it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just liked it. It's fine. Like, that's my type of movie. Just make it enjoyable. I don't need to think about shit. I don't want to fucking be scared. I don't want to feel like an, I don't want to feel like shit. Give me that. I could yeah. watch. I could watch movies like that all fucking day. Yeah, and then wrap it up at the end, nice and easy. Yep. Boom. Take it. I will won. say. Yeah. The Philadelphia Orchestra version of Claire de Lune that plays when they're outside the Bellagio fountains. I use that as a production element all the fucking time. Like if when the Canucks were in Vegas, or when Vegas was in the Stanley Cup Final, or when we were having dice and ice night at the Park Casino, I use Claire de Lune from Ocean's Eleven as a Production element on all of those broadcasts. The Vancouver Symphony Orchestra played that at Carly Rae Jepsen's request. Ah, I'm surprised you didn't recommend that. That was a great show. How did you not talk about that? I mean, it was a great show. I had a really good time. We'll talk about it Congratulations to Carly Rae for being cool and good at singing. Jackson, you got anything you want to recommend? I know um, you just watched the entire season of your brother's show, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Exactly. That's a good call. Actually, I should recommend that as a... You don't have to. No. I I, mean, I have recommended it in the past, so you don't don't feel you have to, but you can. Yeah. Well, now I got me thinking over here because I have a couple of things. Yeah, say a couple. You can do Well, then if we're going to stick on movies, I did see an incredible movie the other day if you like scary movies. And uh, Mother... Have you seen that on Netflix? No. no. Super crazy. Jennifer Lawrence. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's one of those movies where the whole time you watch it, you hate it. It's horrible. And you're like, why is all this stuff happening? And then at the end, you still hate it. And then you go on Google <laughs> and you Google what the meaning of the movie was. And then you love it. And you're like, oh, I get it now. Darren Aronofsky <laughs> wrote and directed it. Right. It's one of those um, movies that you just like are trying to piece together in your head afterwards for days. For days. I li- well, I went on Google and read all about it because that would have taken me forever to figure it out. And then I laid in bed and just had my mind blown for hours about <laughs> how good it was. But, um, yeah. And then, obviously, my uh, my brother's got his TV show that just came out on Crave uh, season five. just came out, which is crazy. Yeah, they, it is uh, crazy. They're pumping them out. But, yeah, Letterkenny, season five. Check it out on Crave. Um 
it is like nine dollars i think a month but i mean what do you do that's that's streaming networks <laughs> it's, it's going a great to hulu. it's a great streaming network though they got yeah. lots of good stuff on there yeah and they're going to hulu soon for the yeah, american for american yeah i think they're going next week actually so yeah, that's pretty sick yeah right on uh well i've just been producing the morning show for the last week and when i have not been working at the radio station i've been working at the bar uh so i've literally done nothing but I will say that my one good thing this week is not a cultural thing that you can enjoy yourself at home. Just a little, nice little emotional moment for me this past Sunday as a kid who would wake up early on July 1st every single year to like turn on the TV and flip back and forth between Sportsman and TSN all day long to like monitor the trade deadline coverage as it was happening. This year, I was on the production team for trade deadline coverage as it was happening. It was a cool little thing to uh, be on the other side of it now. And I, I keep having these moments at work that give me, like, imposter syndrome. Like, how did I get here? What am I doing here? <laughs> They're going to figure out that I'm just a big phony and just <laughs> escort me out of the building one of these days. I mean, I've been telling them for months. <laughs> yeah. But it hasn't happened yet. And it was, uh, it was a cool thing it, to be... Uh, in the room for all that stuff going down. It was also probably the easiest shift that I've worked all year, so it was great. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. And with that, that will do it for this week's episode. Our, I don't know, we have no roommates. We're recording live in the Real Good Studio. We have no producer this week either. I'm back behind the mixing board. Daniel is... Uh, well, I guess he's at work. Yeah, he's at work. What <laughs> what in the what middle an, of the day. What an idiot. What a loser. <laughs> Tuesday in the middle of the day, God, this guy having a job. If you want to support the show, you can do so by heading on over to patreon.com slash realgoodshow. Last month, we put out two bonus episodes, one with Jason Botchford and a big mailbag with Chris James as well. We got yeah. more fun stuff coming your way all summer long. We're going to be getting back into the, uh, the summer blockbuster season, doing movie episodes like we did on Small Soldiers not that long. Go, uh, especially now that i'm uh, unemployed too Please oh yeah subscribe thank you yeah you, have you talked about that anywhere no but we could maybe that'll be a bonus episode okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. you can bring that up uh, behind the paywall at some yeah. point this month because yeah. i can announce and i feel like we may have announced it before this month's movie episode is jesse farrar's favorite movie of all time guillermo del toro's pacific rim <laughs> And Jesse will be joining us to talk all about that as well. John, have you seen the film? He, no. He scoffed. I scoffed. If you couldn't hear it, I went. Well, <laughs> you will be watching it at some point yeah, this month. My, I think my, 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 if you think about this year, my like 10 movies, because uh, Jackson and I only watch like 10 movies a year. Uh, my 2018 movies so far, I think, are, are Ocean's Eleven, Small Soldiers, Incredibles The Incredibles 2. 2 a Quiet Place, which I didn't want to see, uh, but wish my girlfriend wanted to, so I went. And, uh, oh, I feel like there was, like, one other, like, old shit. Oh, super bad. Not old and shitty, but old. So, yeah, those are my, that's the five I've watched so far. We're so, halfway through the year. So, we've got one, another movie episode coming out this month. Yeah, Pacific so Rim. Pacific Rim will be number six. And another one next month. It'll be more than half of the movies you've seen. Yeah, terrible. So, look forward to that. You can find that, of course, at patreon.com slash realgoodshow. Our guest today has been the incomparable Jackson Playfair. Jackson, uh, do you have anything you'd like to promote or plug? I know you plugged your brother's show. What's going on with you right now? Honestly, not 
a ton at the moment. Um, I uh, I'm a loser actually. I <laughs> for real though. Just just quick. I am actually a loser because I uh, when I was 17 thought I was gonna play in the NHL and didn't pay attention to my math 12. So now I'm 23 redoing my math 12. <laughs> yeah. Going through that summer of doing like a two man two month uh, math course right now. So Hell yeah, baby. Yeah, it's horrible, but it's uh, I wasn't good at it then, and I'm not better now. So it's just a, a learning process of, of doing that. Are and you uh, are you trying to get into like a program where you need it? Is that yeah idea? yeah exactly? So I got to get into my business program, which uh, I've already done three years of study in it, gotcha. and then I got one my last year. So I got to get this mark to get switched into it. So I it's mean, just you weren't really a big numbers guy as a hockey player, exactly. So you should be able to apply for the program and be like. Look at my fucking intangibles here. Exactly. I said I'm a room guy. Don't you get that? I'll make the program better. <laughs> yeah. Everyone will want to be my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Not how this works. Sir. <laughs> if you want to help, I got an show, A in math eleven. That yeah, should be worth exactly. something. <laughs> Give me more. I was good once. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to help the show, you can do so uh, by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. That gives us a booth, uh, boost in their algorithm. Al- bleh, a boost in their algorithms and uh, or you could just tell somebody that you know that the show exists and that you like it that helps too um i'm gonna stop talking because i'm not great at it at the moment it yeah. doesn't seem like i'll be in toronto in a couple weeks yeah come, come see me july Do you uh, plug dates yeah july 18th uh and then i'm taking the thursday off to see radiohead and then uh yeah. 20th 21st and 22nd at toronto yuck yucks come Ooh. through and stefan you are now unemployed yeah, so uh, subscribe uh, to this podcast. Subscribe to the Golf Kings on Twitch. Uh, if you have Amazon Prime, you can subscribe for free. So uh, why not give it a try? <laughs> right. Uh, until next week. Oh, yeah, and I will promote uh, the starting lineup on Sportsman 650 for no particular reason. Until next week, however, I'm Justin Morissette. Stefan Hack. John Cullen. Jackson Playfair. Be real. Be good. Be real good. Tri Cities. See, I was hoping you would say Spokane, and I would say Tri Cities. Uh, oh, and then we could have Caribou Lou. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caribou Lou, baby. <laughs> yeah, fuck. I, that's what I was trying to say, and then I forgot what the name of it was, and then I was just like, ah, oh, 151. I just said what the episode number is. It's not even a like special thing. So bad. Uh, we got a few uh, donors to thank too. So let's do that dumb shit. Just kidding. I love all the donors. Yeah, who, who's supporting the show this all week? All right. We've got $5 patron Trevor Marsden. Thank you, Trevor. I believe he's a long-time yeah, fan of the Yeah, returning patron, I believe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Trevor. And this is proof positive that when I put out the previews, it works. Yes, sure. So he, he heard 50 seconds of Chris James on a mailbag episode and was like, I need boy, more. I got to hear this. <laughs> I agree completely, 100%. $5. Uh, Sean Trembath. Uh, thank you, thank you. I Sean. like the name. Yeah, Trembath. That seems fun to say. That's a cool name. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's when you're. Uh, that's when you are in the tub, and you uh, get the shakes. And then there's an earthquake. <laughs> you have a tre- <laughs> It's a Trembath. Uh, and lastly, Matthew Thal, who I believe is also a former patron, uh, five dollar patron. I assume that's how you say it. Could be Thal, I guess. Or Thal. Yeah, it could be Thal. I'm going Thal. Matthew Thal. Matthew? Thal sounds right. I mean, he could just combine it and just be Mathal and just yeah. get it. Yeah. You know, just there get it go. all together and save us all the trouble. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for donating to the show. You're thank you wonderful guys. people, and we love you all. Yeah. Thank you so much for your support, as Stefan is now 
desperately <laughs> dependent on the money you send in every month. Do you guys have Amazon Prime? Uh, no. No. I don't no? think it's is – it, is it worth it in Canada? Like, what is it even – I mean, no, it's it's not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> do I really need to watch the Man in the High Castle? No, I don't think so. Well, if you ever get it, you know what to do with it. The Man in the High Castle, but enough about me on 420, guys. Woo! Well, was... <laughs> okay, hopefully we'd stop recording. Yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop the episode right when Jackson said woo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I might sight me slightly, hyphen, might see dry heat. 
please. Die we shall not need IVs beside me, sign me. I might make the one I saw wing a prada, but once I get up on the mic and do my thing, I gotta. Hey, better, 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 saw wing a prada. He can it, he can it, he can it, so wing a prada. 151 round, kind of put juice in Malibu, caribou, get them all now. Make baby girl come, not a Michelle and Razel, we gon' party till the cops come. 151 round, kind of put juice in Malibu, caribou, get them all now. Make baby girl come. Michelle and Raisel, don't stop till the cops come. One round, kind of put juice in Malibu, Caribou, get them all now. Make baby girl come, not a Michelle and Raisel, we gon' party till the cops come. One fifty one round, kind of put juice in Malibu, Caribou, get them all now. Make baby girl come, out of Michelle and Raisel, don't stop till the cops come. Not yet. <laughs> oh, motherfucker! Shit! Shut the fuck up, man. Someone else. Las Vegas odds say he won't hit one more time, and he doesn't. I think that was Billy Reed. Watch it, you fucking asshole! Fuck! He's named after Raekwon the chef. The guy from Wu-Tang Clan. You have some problems, you go emergency toilet for five minutes, urine, and then you say, and you, then you hit let and you don't say sorry, you think you're a good kid. I ain't getting this one, boys. <laughs> We're gonna give them two minutes to think about what they've done. Consider yourself a pretty good tracker then, huh? Well, if it's just blatantly obvious, and curious where this sucker lived, and so I walked about half, uh, half a mile out of my way to sort that out. My bad, my friend, I'm sorry. Okay, but if you let it get the half by Wednesday, then you pay 20 no, minutes back No, it won't get the half by... It, right, by if Wednesday, it's going to be 40, and then on Friday, it'll be 40 Not again. 40, 20. Yeah. It's going to be 20. No. <laughs> it's going to be 20. Not half. Half of 80 is 40. But no, listen to what I'm saying. Just fucking play score. Google me, Everybody Google me, You see that? I've been in your hot tub, Scotty. You know, you know this body. Those horses are back safe at the farm after quite the escapade this evening. They made it through these woods and straight on to Route 2 during heavy traffic. Both of these nuts, cage fighter, both of these nuts rolling to victory by a head over cage fighter. Well, What's the odds of a horse being called modesty? I thought we were going to blur that. No, 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 we were going to blur it, but we thought, no, let's just roll the dice. Our ass is in the jackpot, we don't do something there. And it's time for Ride with Bruce, starring me, Bruce.